0: Thank you for your attention, and we hope you enjoy your flight. On this episode of Back Alley Banter, we dive into the complexities of nature versus nurture. What makes us do what we do? Are we products of our environment, or are these traits innate to who we are? Settle in as we get a little bit deeper for yet another conversation, not quite taboo, but rather somewhere in between. I'm Kat, and Maya and I are inviting you to... Sit back,
1: relax, and enjoy the ride. Um, nature versus nurture is something that we've talked about quite a bit. Yes, over the episodes, you mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's something I find quite fascinating. My psychology classes often doubled as criminology classes, so I took a lot of them. And it's always been something that I've found quite fascinating, especially the studies of twins that were separated at birth and then go on to marry if it's twin girls or twin boys, whatever the case may be. They marry individuals with the same name, same careers. They had the same extracurriculars. They themselves ended up in the same careers, but were raised very differently. It's very interesting to me.
0: Well, yeah, I, I've read a few articles on that over the years. And I always do find that fascinating. I mean, I find twins fascinating, period, regardless yes. if they're identical or fraternal. Um, but yeah, that's, that's incredible to me that that's definitely nature right there. Mhm. Funny twin story because
1: I'm not always the smartest. I was flying with a gal and she was talking about her twin brother and without realizing what I had said, I asked if they were identical.
0: What did she respond? She's like,
1: "Well, he's my brother, so no." <laughs> <laughs>
0: I never realized that there is some confusion out there, though, as to what an identical twin is and what a fraternal twin is.
1: And fraternal twins do not necessarily have to be opposite sexes. No. You can have fraternal twins that are the same sex. I believe fraternal twins is two eggs. Being fertilized. Fertilized. Whereas identical are one egg, one sperm that separates. Splits. That's exactly
0: it. Yes. Yes. And I didn't know that there was that much much confusion until uh, one of my besties, her sister, insisted that fraternal twins were always a boy and a girl. And then I thought, how is that? How is that misconstrued? How could you not get that? And then I had been hearing it a few more times or more in the past of people being confused about that. But it was something that was explained to me when I was very young. The difference, very simple, right? I believe identical twins have identical DNA. So there can be twins that look identical and they're actually fraternal. I'm just thinking famous twins, the Olsen twins. I think they may be fraternal, but I'm going to double check. I believe you were correct because that's what came to mind when we were talking about looking like they're identical. Well, one of the first Google searches that comes up
1: is, are the Olsen twins identical? They are not identical, but fraternal.
0: There you go. All right. Well, should we cover what the uh, what is nature versus nurture for de- definitions? Sure. Uh, what is nature versus nurture? In the context of nature versus nurture debate, nature refers to the biological genetic predispositions and its impact on human traits. And nurture describes the influence of learning and other influences from one's environment. So essentially, in layman's terms, it is nature, how you were born, nurture, how you were raised.
1: And I think that? the working title for what I had for this episode was born or made. Okay, <laughs> we're going to go with that. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline kind of thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The debate over whether the strengths and weaknesses of people are the result of nature or nurture has and somewhat continues to rage on between scholars and lay people alike. This debate has had significant social implications, particularly concerning what are thought to determine people's ability to learn or their intelligence. Now, when we talk about nature versus nurture, for some reason, my brain always goes to murderers. Why? Because it's such a big topic in true crime cases.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's kind of where my fascination with it began was in my study in criminology was um, foster homes. Okay. And um, children from the same family being split up and one being put or aging out of the system or whatever and being put into group homes and continuing on with the abuses and that sort of thing. Whereas the ones that were put into loving foster homes were less likely to follow those um learned behaviors from childhood. Right, because it's replaced with other. Like those neural pathways have changed and they're they're loved
0: and they're encouraged to do sports and things like that. Of course, and this, this just brings to mind, and I don't want to turn this about me, but this also brings to mind in, in my past, in my situation as well, because I've often thought about the nature versus nurture aspect of my life because I was raised and loved so deeply and supported by a nuclear family, by my parents, and had this incredible family. However, because I did suffer child sexual abuse that Mm -hmm. I was conditioned to keep a secret from an extended family member, that nurture has changed the human being that I was, by nature's intention, that changed the human being. I would say that trauma is different than nurture, though. Because what you're explaining is trauma. It is, but that is nurture in a sense. It's your environment. I suppose, yes. Yeah. Right? You're living with the... I guess so. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, just in that aspect, that's the way I've looked at it too with the nature versus nurture. Um, And
1: there's some of that with my family as well. Sorry, these papers are shuffling in the background because I keep knocking them over. Yes, there is some of that in my family as well. We all tend to root for the underdog and... Um, overextend ourselves, and uh, go to great lengths to make other people happy. But at the same time, some of my siblings and even my parents aren't as damaged or desperate <laughs> for things as I am. So I tend to seek them out in other places.
0: Okay. So do you feel like that's a nurture influence? hmm Okay. I, well, it could be a bit of
1: both because my environment changed when I was 13. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? Do you want to go into this? Well, my youngest brother was born when I was 13. So there's a huge shift right there. We went from a family of five to a family of six, with one in elementary school, one in middle school, one in high school, and an infant, perimenopausal mother, one income, and everything changed. So
0: I'm prepubescent. (laughs) My mother's perimenopausal. And... I see what you're saying. And then there's this new bundle of joy that comes along that's getting all of the attention attention. and the focus. And I'm at that age in my life where
1: by nature, you need more attention and more patience because you're prepubescent. It's holy hell for anybody, (laughs) including the child going through it because they don't know what they're going
0: through. And in the lineage, you're number three of the four children. I'm number two you're number two of the four children. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. This is interesting. There's always been this, um,
1: I don't think it was ever dictated that thou shalt, but there was this learned expectation to uphold the family name, which meant being a good student, being a good church going citizen, being a good citizen, being a good human being. Mm -hmm. And All of my report cards would come home as that, Maya does this, Maya excels at this, Maya, 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 all of her exemplary stuff. And then I would get home and did you do your homework? Did you make your bed? Nothing seemed to be good enough. So now I struggle with why am I never good enough? Well, food has never let me down. So let me binge on all of my feelings because I can control that. Because what I thought I could control was my grades, my outward appearance of representing the family name and it wasn't enough it wasn't enough even though that's what not what I was being told that's what I okay.
0: was hearing okay that's what you were hearing mm-hmm. and at that form in those formative years of your mm-hmm. life 13 to 18
1: and then add on that a transcontinental move at mm-hmm. the age of eight so in 10 years my entire environment completely shifted so Geographically, it shifted, right? Um, Some of like literally flipped Southern Hemisphere to Northern Hemisphere, um, which that alone, if you've ever done a big move as a family is not fun, even if it's just down the street, mm-hmm. let alone across a few oceans to escape civil unrest, which I'm only just understanding now as an adult in 2021, what effect apartheid actually had on the black community, but that's another tale for another time. But yeah, like it, everything shifted. So of course my, the way in which you nurture is going to shift, it's
0: inevitable. And do you think that the same factors affected your siblings in their own individual ways regarding nurture with all of these different um, outside environmental Uh, influences?
1: I think my sister, yes, but in a different way. I'm more sensitive than she Mm -hmm. is. That's your nature. That's my nature. That's just who I am by design. I, I just finished Glennon Doyle's Untamed book, and I felt a connection to Glennon Doyle in the weirdest way. But even when she was talking about her daughter, Tish, I felt a connection to her. And she talks about Tish. If she was born in another culture, she would have been named a shaman or a priestess or healer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is so me. But growing up in a conservative Christian home, that wasn't recognized. I was just sensitive. I
0: was feeling too much. And that's pretty insightful. Just to bounce back to Glennon Doyle there. That is pretty insightful on her part, because I loved that part of the book. I loved it when she would talk about Tish. Fun fact. Glennon
1: Doyle and I share a birthday. No kidding. I have never shared my birthday with anybody. She and I share a birthday.
0: That is a pretty cool ass person Mm -hmm. to share a birthday with. I thought
1: so. So yeah, Um, Tish is the middle kid as well. And Mm -hmm. I I have a kindred spirit with middle kids. I can pick out a middle kid. When I've done pickups with you for kiddo at the school, I could pick out middle kids like that.
0: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wouldn't have the foggiest. No, but you could probably pick up you're probably drawn to an older child though. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. However, most of my closest friends, um, throughout my life have been the younger child. Really. Isn't that interesting? Like my 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 group of yeah. sort of besties, you know, through life, have been the younger child in the family. They had mm-hmm. an older sibling, most of them, not all of them, but most mm-hmm. of them. And even to this day now. And if I, you think about that could that makes sense though, because <laughs> is your baby. That's
1: very true. That's that's actually a good part because I don't know if you want his name in there. So it's a good part for you to remember where to cut it out. Yes. (laughs)
0: Because I didn't even think of it. I was like, that's true. Yeah, we don't want to keep his name in there. But you're right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: he's your baby. So So, it makes sense that because you do take on a very not it's not maternal, but you have a very caring approach to friends and family. mm -hmm. So it would make sense Mm -hmm. that your friends are Whereas I tend to gravitate to older. So, most it's of my so friends funny. that I've had, that I've called close dear friends, have been at least a year older, but most are upwards of five to
0: nine years older than me. I find this interesting. And I love this topic of conversation because it has me wonder my brain just went to kiddo. Mm-hmm. Because she's a singleton mm-hmm. and because she's always around adults, do you think that she is going to subconsciously choose younger um, peers? Because I think she's already showing that. That she chooses younger peers? Mm-hmm.
1: I think nature versus nurture is fascinating. It is. Because if you look at your husband's family, there's eight of them, right? There are eight of them in total. Children. Children, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, six boys, two girls? Yes. How many of the boys are in the same
0: field? Four. Four boys out of the six are in the same numbers group. type. Okay. And what did dad do? Dad was a traveling salesman.
1: Interesting. Yeah, right. And the other two are they salesmen? No. So two are entrepreneurs. Which traveling salesmen used to be? Essentially, we the little MLMs, but um, that's because we have our own burdens to bear with that. We have our own um, (laughs) cross negative nurture experiences. Negative (laughs) nurture experiences. It's a little culty. Some of those MLMs are a little culty. A little
0: culty, and some of them. Extremely culty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Listening to Nippy and Sarah's podcast Mm -hmm. and then all of the documentaries that you and I love to watch, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. Having been to one of the seminars Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas and then watching, let's say, a documentary, Mm -hmm. it is nearly verbatim. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it comes back to psychology
1: because I was listening to the episode of Scientology uh, Fair Game, the podcast. I was listening to the episode with Sarah, and they were they were talking about that. And so much of what L. Ron Hubbard and the dickhead, um, I can't remember yeah. his name, because yeah. I'm, I, I actually kind of don't want to give him credit by no, saying his name, so not. the dickhead. Keith Raniere. Thank you. He and L. Ron Hubbard both used psychological training to develop their programs. And part of the reason why in their journey to wholeness, for lack of a better word, for both Sarah and Leah, and their distrust of psychologists is because everything that they were being told in the therapist's office, they'd heard for years. So they needed facts to support this. Mm -hmm. And I found that extremely interesting. I was like, advertising is psychological warfare, essentially best part of waking up is Folgers right yeah like you know it as soon as i start singing it why do you know it because the psychological
0: marketing works it's the same as i don't want to cut you off no, but i just want fine. to throw this in there it's the same as the social media and the algorithms for advertising advertising algorithms mm-hmm. they're creepy as fuck but mm-hmm. they work there's a reason they work
1: yes it's clickbait It works because you buy into it. So what Al Ron Hubbard and Dickhead were selling, they're just both egomaniacal enough to take it to a whole new level. And so say that they are now um, holy men that need to be worshipped and idolized and you must brand yourself on your crotch with their Name for eternity.
0: I don't know if I agree with the fact that it's legitimate. I understand that what you're saying is it's psychological speak. Yes. And it's psychological.
1: It has basis in legitimacy.
0: I'm not saying that mm-hmm. what they're right. doing with it is legitimate. Yes. Because I listened to that same. So I listened to the Scientology fair game episode with Sarah on it. Yeah. I loved it. And that is what the episode that I was relating so much to our experience in MLM, because Mm -hmm. how many times were we told over and over and over again, not good enough. It's not good enough. And you need to assume responsibility. And maybe that's a you thing. That's not a me thing. And this is how you should look at it. It is such a a passive mindfuck brainwashing. And MLM can be completely parallel to everything that we experienced in being told to what I was hearing Leah and Sarah say, 100%.
1: And it it does come from Freudian studies or however far back you want to go. It's just been manipulated to work in there and be abused, essentially, mm-hmm. is what I mean. So that's where I'm going with it's legitimate. The mm-hmm. science
0: is legitimate. The application is not. Well, the, and these aren't professionals. These are people that are just placing themselves at the top and saying, this is what I'm telling you to do. It shall be.
1: I decree it to be so.
0: Yes. yes. And that's not okay. It's not okay.
1: But I look forward to Tuesdays, not for our release, but for um, Scientology Fair Game I, every Tuesday. I actually kicked myself yesterday because I didn't download it before I got in the car. I was like, man, what am I going to have to? I have to listen to the radio now. Bullshit! (laughs) I know. Hopefully our listeners feel the same way. I didn't have Mike and Leah. Actually they do because we've taken a hiatus for the last two weeks Mm -hmm. and I've gotten, are you guys okay? It sounded like a repeat episode. Yes, we're fine. (laughs) If you didn't see our Instagram posts, we are okay. We just needed to reevaluate and take a mental health pause, but we've got so much going on in our lives. That in order to still give you the content that we want to give you, we have to pull back a little bit for the foreseeable future. So you're only going to be getting them every other week from us for now. Yes. Yes. So we are okay. Don't worry about us. We're fine. We just have some other things that need a little bit more attention right now. And people have been
0: really <laughs> great supporting us yes, in the have. release of two episodes yes. that we chose for them.
1: Yes. New content every other week starting on the 13th, I think. Yes, it's the 13th. 13th. We do hope to come back every week eventually, but for now, we need to do it this way. And also, depending on episode lengths, right? We can split this into two parts. Absolutely, And this one might need to be split into two parts because this one I think could be a lengthy one. But back to Scientology, I went off on a tangent. Tuesdays are my favorite days for that episode. But while I was preparing this one and then listening to the Sarah and Leah show because... I think they should have their own podcast. Honestly. Not that Mike isn't a great addition, but like not culty related at all. But I know that's where both of their focus is. And that's their passion project, for lack of a better word. And I'm so happy that they're doing that because they're helping so many people in so many ways. But
0: just to listen to the two of them just shoot the shit would be hilarious. Listening to it. Did you not envision I want to hang out with these girls and have a glass of wine? I
1: did. I did. Like, I think of Leah, especially because that's the one that I, I know that Sarah's more your, um, Sarah's your Leah. Sarah's the Leah of Nexium, 100%. Which she's been referred and to. she referred to. And I like, that is such an est- extreme honor. I didn't know about Nexium until you introduced me to it. Mm-hmm. So I had done way more digging into Leah, which is terrible for me as a Canadian. I'm so sorry, Sarah. But I was thinking about it. As I was prepping this, Leah never had a fair chance at education. No, she didn't. And look Not at all. she's done. Exactly. So how much of that is nature versus nurture? Oh, that is definitely nature. She was she, born with that fight and that fire. That fire, you can't teach that. You can fan that fire for good or for evil. But she was questioning it from the age of whatever age. I think she was questioning it from the age of eight or ten. But agreeing with it because that's what she was being told to do. That's right. I think the way in which we just come to be, it's innate in who we are. Maybe not so much these days. But in our generation, it was innate in who we are to
0: be respectful to your elders. Absolutely. I don't see it so much these days. Do you think that the lack of respect these days is innate, though? Or do you feel like it is completely environmental? And I think it's taught. Passiveness. From the generations prior to youth now, passiveness or acceptance of that lack of respect. Might be on to something with the passiveness.
1: That was something that I found very interesting about Untamed was I I had never even put two and two together about how we teach girls. And I'm using girls as a collective statement, whether you're genetically a girl, you're choosing to be a girl. Yeah. If you're cisgender, transgender, yeah. Girls is what I'm using as that I'm including everybody in that. She talked about going into the kids' bathroom and the difference between the shampoo and body wash bottles for her girls versus her son. Oh yeah, I remember that part. And there, the girls' bottles are all very dainty and la- and soft and gentle and caressing, and whereas the, the boys are two times larger, two times stronger, and they're blaring at you. So the male versus female passiveness, even
0: in our environment. Yes, I think that is part of it. I agree. And this is this, again, is an example. I just want to make a parallel is when kiddo was born. It's not my thing to have pink frilly things. When kiddo was born, she had as a baby toques with like, Um, skull and crossbones on them. I've dressed her in very neutral colors, so much so that we would be out and about regularly. People would always assume that she was a boy, which is completely fine, but it got to the point where it started to make some family members uncomfortable. So I would put a little barrette in her hair, even though she had gender neutral clothing. Mm -hmm. But as she's grown up and made her own choices, as you know, as she's made her own choices, she does have the wild and crazy decision, like she'll wear a Halloween costume for everyday wear on a regular basis. But she herself chose pinks and purples. Pinks and purples and princess dresses, unicorns and mermaids, where I was the parent that always tried to dress her in very neutral clothing or clothing that I that I liked, right? Mm-hmm. Skull and crossbones and rocker tees. flames and, and rocker tees. Yeah. Camo. So I, and yep, Yeah. So I do find that very interesting. However, Is it because as she was growing up, she was looking at her female counterparts and wanting to do the same Saying, Oh, I like that. It could be. It could be that she has older cousins, Mm -hmm.
1: female older cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the ones in BC that she would see the most. Mm -hmm. And they're very girly girl. They are very girly girl. Mm -hmm. But my favorite photo is the four of them and they're in their Sunday best dressed to the nines. And there's kiddo in her rubber boots about to jump in a mud puddle. Oh, and yeah. And she splashed all of them with mud. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. She would be out in a princess dress, but splashing in puddles. Yeah, that's a good point. But
0: that's one of my favorites. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> because it, it completely displays the the nature, personality mm-hmm. of, that's a really good point. If you have kiddo. that photo, we might need to post it. Um, I'll black out the faces though. Or
1: yeah. Smiley faces or something over them. But yeah, we might have to post that. I'm not doing it justice. Even if I just cover her eyes, you can still see the mischief on her face. It's true. It's Yeah, I do still have it. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, definitely send it to me and I'll post it. If you're okay with it. And if your sister-in-law is okay with it. Like Nature versus nurture is
0: incredible. <laughs> it is. And it's incredible to think that there was a time as I was reading through the notes, there was a time when people... We're completely convinced that we were all a blank slate, Mm -hmm. that there wasn't any nature whatsoever. It was all of your environmental influences Mm -hmm. that developed the human that you were completely 100%.
1: And do you think that perhaps that was the case back in the day? I do not. And I'm talking like, I'm not talking 200 years ago. I'm talking Cro-Magnon man. You You
0: think that we were destined to be who we were? I believe that nature, pardon me, nature has always been a part of the equation since the dawn of time, since the creation of man. Okay. Personally, I feel like that. So there was a Cro-Magnon wife that was yelling
1: at her husband to take his Mm -hmm. shoes off before he came in the mud hut?
0: If that was in her
1: (laughs) nature, absolutely. Because that's what her Cro-Magnon mother did, and um,
0: that's what she had watched her Cro-Magnon dad do and- well, then that's nurture. That's her environment that she's experienced, right? But if it's nature, that's just that's just innately, who yeah, who she is. And I think there is an element of that because
1: I remember when I was learning about this in school, the um, professor asked a male and a female student to come up to the front of the classroom and pick a stack of books up off the table mm-hmm. and carry them to the other side of the room or whatever it was. And all of the men or male students, I just used my laptop, picked it up kind of like this. So in their hand, tucked it under their arm and off they went. Okay. Whereas all of the women picked it up, propped it on their hips, held it close to their body and walked across the room. Really? Mm -hmm. Ask your husband to check his fingernails and see if they're clean. I know they are. But when he looks at them, how does he look at them? Oh, men tend to look at their hands so their palm is facing them. They're at uh, yes, so palms facing them, then fold their fingers down and look at their fingernails this way. Whereas women palm out and stretch their fingers out and look at their fingers that way. I love it. Ask Was this kid. part of the study? Um, I think that's one I've just heard over the years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ask your kid. I am. To see what how she does it. Okay. She'd be like, they're clean, mom.
0: Don't look at them. (laughs) I know. And if you're going to cut them again, don't cut them as short as you always do. Men and women do not look at their hands the same way. It's something that I've never considered or thought of, right? So anybody listening out there, go and ask somebody else in your life, whether it be male or female,
1: whether regardless of uh, biological DNA or um, identifying us. Yes. I'm curious. So I've only done this experiment with cisgender individuals. Okay. So I am curious to
0: hear how non-cisgender would do this. Yes, me too. Enlighten us, please. Please enlighten us. And not only that, I'm going to put it out here on the airwaves right now, but I'm also going to start asking as well, some of our close non-cisgender peers and just to see what we get. Let's do it. It'd be very, very interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I am not an expert on that at all, or even homosexuality, but because the argument is you were born this way, which now, wait a minute, can you clarify? So born this way is, and Glennon Doyle talks about this as well. You can't help it. You were born this way. And she makes a very interesting point that that means it's not your fault or don't feel bad or something like that means that it's something she could change if she wanted to. And it's not something that I would want to change in anybody. Okay.
0: So we're, we're
1: specifically referring to gender. You're born this way. Identity. If you are gay or straight, I'm not saying that's a choice you make. I am saying that you're born this way. That's right. Yes. That's who you are. Absolutely. However, the generation in which we grew up, um, maybe me a little bit more than you, just being in the environment that I was in.
0: Um, it was not okay to be same sex. Yeah, I feel there's so much more work, I mean, that we all have to do. But I feel like the world and society has started, they've they've grown. They're coming
1: around for sure. Yes. But we still have so far to go with it. Um, Much like we do with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and Asian Lives Matter. And we are living in a very privileged State right now as white cisgender individuals, and it's something I'm painfully aware of every day. And I'm doing everything I can to be a better ally rather than a contributing factor to the problem. Absolutely.
0: I'm sorry. I'm pausing here because okay. it's just escaped me. I'm trying to think of the LGBTQA plus history. Oh, of the documentary in the book that I read. And I don't know why it's escaped my memory right now, Um, but it was a huge historical event that really teaches people about Mm -hmm. just the oppression and the Mm -hmm. ignorance that the community has experienced and when things started to shift. And I can't remember it because I'm having a mama brain right now.
1: Well, I mean, I never even thought of it until um, Mm -hmm. friends of mine who are same sex have gotten married, Mm -hmm. how much they've had to fight for Healthcare privileges to be provided to their significant other by the employers. Right. That's not something I ever have had to deal with. And that is a basic human right. That is a the most basic of human rights. This is one that really gets my goat. I understand it logically, but being in 2021, I just I the company we work for, we get travel privileges with other airlines. And a lot of the airlines, if you go in and look at the criteria of what constitutes a travel companion, your same-sex partner will not qualify as a spouse. They haven't changed that yet, Maya? Not last time I checked. Oh
0: my gosh. So there are only certain
1: airlines that will recognize your spouse as your travel
0: companion if they are the opposite gender. Which is not okay. That's not okay at all. Have you noticed that now when you're filling out forms and questionnaires in so many different aspects, like I took kiddo to the dentist recently, and we were filling out one of the COVID forms, um, and there are now options to choose?
1: Female, male, non-binary? Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that, but I've also noticed that this is something that I found very interesting, and it kind of ties in with the nature versus nurture is I read an article about how young folk, young folk, I sound like I'm 104. (laughs) (laughs) When they're getting married, the young men, if they have not had a strong male figure in their life, they will choose to take their wives' names. Wow. Rather than keeping their family name. And I am seeing some of that at work. When we're filling out our forms for our past renewal, there's one spot that catches people up now, and it's asking for the male spouse's maiden name, which oh, isn't the yeah. right term for
0: it because he was never a maiden. <laughs> and I just want to point out, too, growing up in, in in my family as well, we were always taught and encouraged to be very open and accepting of everyone. And that gender roles didn't have borders, In that sense. Well, and even still, your mom does all the cooking, all the
1: cleaning, all that stuff. Yes. Because she likes to, but does she really like to? Yes, she does. Okay. She does. She loves it. My mom does all the cooking, cleaning because she has to. No, she, she loves
0: it. That's that's her love language, right? It's just. My mom says it is, but I really wish she would realize that it's not because. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, it truly is for my mom. No, that's, that's my mama's love language for sure. However, um, what I was going to point out is that nobody even batted an eyelash when I decided to have my brother as my man of honor. I didn't want a, a maid of honor. Mm-hmm. And nobody batted an eyelash. They're just like, well, yeah, that's how the family is. That's yeah. the way they are. And as well as we made a joke, as soon as hubby and I were married, there was a joke. Well, who's going to take whose name? Okay. Sorry. I was just reviewing no, that because okay. it looked really interesting, but there's so much I want to go through here.
1: Yeah. Do you want
0: to do a... To be continued? Yeah, we can make it a longer one. Yeah, because there's so much information here. Like, Because I want to attack this, how genetic and environmental factors are identified. It's so cool.
1: So why don't we wrap it and then release this one, but we'll do it as a two-parter. Okay, sure. Because I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into some of the culty stuff, mm-hmm. which will give me yes. a chance to dig a little deeper into that. Okay. Okay. So there's definitely a lot of food for thought for this particular episode. So much so I think we're going to have to come back to this one because we didn't even scratch the surface of the research that we've done. So we are going to pause it here Mm -hmm. and we are going to make you wait for the continuing adventures of nature versus nurture. So on that note, you can find Back Alley Banter on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Nope. I need to tell you some other stuff before that. Oh, (laughs) good grief. We haven't done this for a while. We're out of practice. Yeah, Uh, we sure do. Thank you for joining us once again. If you are interested in sharing us with your friends and family, please tell them to find us at Back Galley Banter on Apple Podcasts, at iHeartRadio, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. Are we not on Spotify anymore? We are. I just don't want to list all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, go find us wherever you look for podcasts. Okay. Why do I have to do all the work? (laughs) (laughs) So find us on Instagram at Banter. We're also on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can catch up with my, her excuse me, I forgot who I was, so you can catch up with Kat and I on the interwebs at backgalleybanter.com.
0: Thank you for sharing your day with us. We wouldn't be in our seats if you weren't in yours. We do know that you have choices in podcasts out there and we're sure glad you chose ours. Goodbyes are not forever. Goodbyes are not the end. It simply means I'll miss you until we meet again. Be kind, be safe until we meet again. Nature versus Nurture will be a continuation, and the episode is a long play. So, we are giving it to you in two separate parts. Mm-hmm. And on that note, adios,
1: mm-hmm. a avita avida avita avida ciao. I'm out.
0: <laughs> uh, au revoir. <laughs> I'm out. What do they say on the East Coast? What do they say in the East Coast? Buy my ducky. Okay. Buy my bucky. Buy my ducky. Buy my ducky. Yeah. Or loves right. yeah, Loves yeah. I like that one. And Kat and Maya say, peace out, bitches. That's exactly what Kat and Maya say.
1: Thank you for your attention, and we hope to welcome you on board in the near future.